listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. Hey, everyone. This is Scott Love, and thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. Today, my guest is somebody that I've known for some time. Mike Lejeune is an old friend of mine who does consulting and speaking and training within all different industries, especially professional services. He comes out of the recruiting industry, and his expertise is really bringing heart to business. In our session today, Mike's going to talk about selling with your ears instead of your mouth. I hope that you get some great ideas from Mike's interview today. Hey, everyone. This is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. I've got a special guest, my close friend, Mike Lejeune. I've known Mike for a long time. He's a colleague in the executive search industry who now works as a consultant, author, and professional speaker. And today we're talking about selling with your ears instead of your mouth. Mike, thanks for joining me on the show today. Oh, Scott, it's just an honor to be able to play with you. Yeah, this is great. You've got this amazing reputation in business where you've been there, you've done that, you've done very well. But tell people that might not know who you are, what's your story? Where did you come from in business and what are you doing today? Yeah, Scott, it's, I always thought my, my life was kind of a random journey. But when I look back on it, I feel like I've had a rope tied around me has been kind of dragging me to where I am. <laughs> Uh, I guess I, I started, I, I was in South Louisiana, named Lejeune, you can probably guess where I'm from. My parents spoke French before they spoke English. Moved to Houston, Texas, and got in this wacky business of the recruiting industry. Right. Wacky I, indeed. Yeah, it's strange. I mean, it's like uh, I, I went to work for a company because of the fact there was one office with 44 desks in it, and there was only three guys in the office, the rest were women. I'm going, this is the career path for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's that was my great you know strategic plan for becoming a recruiter. But right. uh, I got into it, and after uh, a couple of years, I found out that um, I started developing some some chops in it. And a lot of it has to do with the fact in the recruiting industry, which makes you I think good is, and that's whether whether you're working within a, a what they call third party recruiters or a search firm or staffing company, or you're working in house in some type, or you're literally working in a business development mode, which right. you end up with. Is that it's it's the heart that you bring in as opposed, I think, to being the, the tactician, the person who's out there trying to close the deal. Right. And um, I went through, I became a startup specialist for the company, started up five different offices around the United States. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And ended up going out and uh, started up my own firm and merged in with a, a friend of mine to death for a while. And then I, I, I joined up with Steverson and Company, which at the time was again, uh, it was a woman-owned business. Now, now that I think I thought about this from a career standpoint, there was only eight women in me working in the company. So maybe there's a path there. <laughs> but I went and I started up their, their accounting division for them. And within a, a couple of years, we made up half the sales of the company and became a partner. And uh, we built it into just one of the top recruiting firms that focused here in the, the Texas marketplace, started up a software company. And then five years ago, my uh, my business partner, who I had, uh, had joined up with, Tommy, my dad said it was this, when I became the wisest man he ever met because 15 years ago, she went to my business partner to my wife. So we were running the company together. Five years ago, she said, it's time to sell the company for you to go do what God created you to do, which is to help leaders uh, and people raise their level of performance to be all that they're, that they're capable of being right. on this journey of consulting. And so that's what I do now. And so I, I'm a keynote speaker and I do consulting specifically on leadership development and business development because of, uh, uh, and that's where the title comes from, selling with your ears instead of selling with, with your mouth. 
Well, I think for those listening that aren't really familiar with the recruiting industry, it's what I think is the purest form of sales because it's a double sell and we sell a product that can actually say no at the end of the day. <laughs> the candidate can say, oh, I think I'm going to stay with my firm and then you, you've got to start all over again. And so I think the advantage that people like you have and the experience you have and how it can benefit others listening to this is that it's professional services on steroids. It's, it's very deep and meaningful in every certain way. And it's 100% business development because you're not offering any sort of service that you're going to do like lawyers where they're having to sell their services. They're having to do business development and they get the client, then they go forth and they do their work. Your work is selling that relationship and all that. So tell us about what's on your mind today and in, in today's market, in this new world of 2021, where there's a lot of optimism in the world, what's kind of the key word on your mind in selling professional services today, Mike? Yeah, I'm going to hit on two things. One is your, when you talk about selling service, professional services and the key word, the key word is relevance. Mm-hmm. And I like to say that I came up with that myself, but I, I forget what it was, Scott. It was probably, I don't know, probably eight, nine years ago, LinkedIn came to Houston with six vice presidents, senior vice presidents, and they did this workshop. And they talked about building community and standing out, building your network. And they pointed something out. They pointed out that the way that you sell is in the mind of the person you're trying to connect with is, do they see you as being somebody who's relevant? And there's never been a time in my, and I can now measure my career like you can in decades as opposed to years, that, that this has been more important than coming out of this pandemic time and, and trying to, to deal with the, the economic uh, challenges and the political, I guess, uh, blurring of, of all the, the just the, the stuff that's out there. Uh, and it has to do with, and that's why I tie the word sell, selling back into it. Right. Is that I grew up, and the reason I told this story about my background is I, I wasn't trained in sales. I was thrown into this business, and I had to learn as I went along. And so I started trying to become the seller, you know, mm-hmm. I called the pitch man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the challenge we run into in today's time, when you're when you're selling professional services, if you come across as the pitch person, that door is not going to open up for you. Right. And so you got to spin that around and you got to have that person see you as being somebody as relevant to them. Well, how, how do you do that then? What do people need to do to be seen that way, Mike? I, I think today, right now, more than anything else, we got to be empathetic listeners. As, as salespeople, as, as business developers, marketeers, we have to be empathetic listeners. And the reason for that is that we're, we're in a unique time period where if you look at what's taken place, uh, literally on a global basis, is people have moved into reset mode. Mm-hmm. They're, they're rethinking things. They're rethinking their situations. The reason that that uh, home sales, I kept thinking when the, when this thing hit, oh my God, the value of my home is going to start crashing. Right. And the opposite happened. I'm going, yeah, oh yeah, my God, yeah. that tells you that I'm no soothsayer. I mean, right, right. right. <laughs> but what happened was that people started looking at their current situation. They started going, is this the house that I want and what do I need? And, and, and if I'm going to be here, so there's a reset, there's a reset that's going on in company. It's like uh, the stuff that I've been putting up with from my boss, I don't know if I want to do that anymore. Yeah. Right. And companies are going through reset mode. I had one client I was talking to that what they did is they went through and looked at all their systems and processes and said, look, this is what we need to go. We need to hunker down, not lay people off. We got to figure out how do we streamline our organization? How do we, do we improve our systems and processes? And so because of this reset mode that's taking place, we have to not be pitching our wares. 
but probing and asking questions about not just the situation that they're in, but what problems are they wrestling with right now? And if we focus our, our conversation on them, what happens is it's a more enjoyable phone call or meeting with the person because they're talking about them, mm-hmm. not listening about us. Right. Do you think it's hard for people to make that transition, make that switch? Yeah. Yeah, it was for me. Why do you think that is for most people, Mike? Because I think that what happens is that we, we're focused on our agenda whenever when we're trying to create an, an interaction or a relationship, a business yeah. relationship. It's our agenda that we're focused on. And um, it's the common, that's the biggest problem that, that, that I think that, that we face is that how do I have a discussion with you and be more focused on you and your needs and outcome than my need to make a sale, my need to get you as a client? How do I spin that thought process and be comfortable knowing that there's a high chance that it's not going to be a one call sale? Right, right. I, mean, I don't know what your experience is, but uh, if you're talking about, well, you work the legal area. You know, how many times does a lawyer have to talk to a potential client before they go, okay, I'm willing to sign on and let you take the case? Right. Yeah, it can take several. I mean, it can take years before they get them to sign on the line and send a retainer check. Yeah, that's because professional services is not a commodity. That's right. It literally is. When I think about the market, the, the clients you serve, the clients that I serve, um, the marketplace that they play in, is, it's very sophisticated. It's very, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And there's usually, you know, if, if I want to draw up get somebody to draw up my will, I can get somebody to give me a boilerplate will and, and, and fill in some stuff or whatever. But if I want somebody to protect my family, totally different conversation. Right. You're absolutely right. I think that's because the problems that executives have in professional services affect them on a personal and an emotional level, even though it's something related to the business, they feel it and it's, it's meaningful to them. And there's risk associated with that. It's there's risk associated with an executive making a decision to hire someone in professional services, whether they're an accountant or CPA or a recruiter or an attorney. Yeah. There's that risk. Yeah. And and the reason for that is if you look uh, psychologist reports out, they all say that, you know, we're not supposed to get our own sense of self-worth out of what we do, right? That's, I mean, right. that's psychology 101. <laughs> right, right. Here's the problem, is that as human beings, and I think most of the people listening to this will probably fall into that category, you know, <laughs> uh, as human beings, we get our sense of self-worth out of what we do. Right. That's just reality. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is that if, if I'm making a mistake, if there's a problem that's going on, if there's pain that's going on in my life, my self-worth can be attached to that. My value to the organization can be attached to that. Right. And so I think that that's the dilemma that they run into with what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think that, you know, good or bad, that's the way a lot of people are. And that's why they see their significance, their self-worth uh, attached to that problem being solved. So they want it done right. And they don't want to risk anything that's going to jeopardize that. So I think, and this is one thing I've learned just in my own practice and something I was talking about with my colleague Kayla is that whenever I have a conversation with a new partner candidate, I tell them, this isn't the Scott show. This is about you. If you go forward and you look at my client and you're not interested in them, it's not going to hurt my feelings. The only thing you need to do is what's in your best interest. And I found, Mike, that when I say that, when I kind of release the hold that they think that I have on my agenda, then I find that I've gained more trust with them For example, I have a candidate, he's actually, well, here's a case study. I've got a deal, a placement that took place. Candidate uh, starts this month. And I felt that 
And she wanted to look at other firms. Obviously, everybody wants to look at other options, but I don't get a fee on those other options. But And she knows that too. But the only way I could have managed that effectively was by releasing that and telling her, you need to do that. You owe it to yourself to explore the options in front of you. And if my client's opportunity can help you, albeit if not, it's not going to hurt my feelings and realtors don't sell every house that they show. And I don't want you to feel any pressure to make any decision one way or another. You need to do only and only what's in your personal best interest. And when you can release it. And the thing is, though, you're not going to close every sale that way, right, Mike? Mm -hmm. And you need to release that. You need to realize that, that you channel business so that, and what I tell my candidates, I say, my goal is to align your personal career goals and professional goals so that they intersect at the nexus of law firm strategy. And if I can do that, that's fine. And if it's not a fit, it's not going to hurt my feelings. And so I think we need to we need to subjugate our agenda and place it below the self-interest of our clients. What do you think about that concept, Mike? That's the, the beauty of what you're saying, Scott. It, it focuses right back in how we, we started this conversation. It's that the, in serving that the, the candidate, as well as the client that uh, she went to work for, you weren't thinking about your agenda. You right. were focused on them and their needs and their wants. And, and here's what happens. If I focus on you, I can see our relationship and our, you call it transaction or whatever. I can see it with much more clarity mm-hmm. than if I'm looking at it from my perspective. That's the, the magic dust of when I can flip and be focused on you and, and have the conversation on you and you feel heard, mm-hmm. you will open up and share your, your needs and wants and problems and fears whatever, at a much deeper level. I can't call you. I can't have a meeting with you and say, Scott, now tell me your problems and your <laughs> doesn't work that way. Click. You know, it doesn't work that way. So what I've got to do, but if I'm focused on you and I'm listening and I'm proud, I was, I was working with a client on this the other day in the fact that they, they were trying to think about what they wanted to say instead of what the person was saying to them. Right. And I said, what you're doing is that you're not being present in the moment. You're thinking about where your head is, as opposed to being present in the moment and focusing on who they're ta- who you're talking to, what are they saying, and responding to that, and recognizing that with experience and preparation, the further questions, the further directions, going to be revealed to you right. as the conversation goes along. But if you stay right. present in that moment and move you out of the picture and focus on them, it's powerful, powerful, and how quickly. You can develop relationships that way. How do you think we can get out of that spot where we're not present? How do you think we can get present in the moment, Mike? I think from a technique standpoint, Scott, one of the best ways to do it is when somebody is is responding to a question is repeat back to them what you're hearing them say. Right. Okay. And then, and actually what's really cool is that especially if there's any kind of pain or problem and then tie the emotion that's associated. If you have, if somebody's telling you something, so it sounds like it's kind of frustrating to them. Say, well, you know, Scott, that sounds like that's really frustrating mm-hmm. uh, to you. And then, what impact is that having on you? Right. It's it's sort of staying on it. I call it three levels before you move on. But the key part of it has to do with people today. I shouldn't say today. I think that this is this is since the age of time. People want to be heard. They want their voice to matter. And especially in, in, in professional services, if they think you're going to sell them a cookie cutter, you know, it's like big box on the shelf. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to take and give this to you. If they feel like that's what's happening, uh, the sale doesn't move forward. The business relationship right. doesn't move forward. It's right. everything that you can do to keep the conversation personalized toward them and about them. And um, that's why I think the, um, the, there's power in the questions that we ask. Do you think that this crisis has helped us or given the ability to have those deeper, more meaningful conversations with clients and prospects? I do, and I'll tell you why. This is another one of my one-word answers. The word, word is, it goes back is to, to reset. But what has happened is this economic condition and the pandemic, because there's two factors. There's not just one. I'm down in, in Houston. I'm in the Gulf Coast. I'm in the oil capital of the world, and energy prices have fallen through the floor. And so you've got that economic spanking that's taking place. If you're in the uh, hospitality industry, you have the pandemic, and now you have the economic fallout that comes from the pandemic. And then you have those who are, companies are doing okay in spite of the pandemic. But what's happening is the pandemic is causing frustrations and weird stuff. I mean, so a friend of mine went to see his parents uh, for Christmas for, and w- walked out of the Christmas with all eight of them coming down with COVID. It oh, just wow. It's just happening, you know? And so, but that, it's just causing people because of, as we're trying to process, where's my priorities? My, my daughter just got married the second week of November. And oh, she, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, if this was video, I'd show you a picture. She's, it was pretty cool. Because uh, the reason why she went from 175 people at the wedding to 22 people in my house. She said, wow. Dad, can I get married in your house? And what was so cool is she and I were talking about this just the, the last week. And she says, you know, what we experienced by the way with the wedding in the house, because the way it just it was much more intimate. And she said, I don't think I want to go and throw this big party I was going to throw in a year from now and wow. have the big traditional thing all over again. Uh, there's a reset of priorities that, that's coming into play. Yeah, I and, think I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. And so I, that's why I think it's is, is if you can earn the right to ask those questions and to continue going. I call it peeling the onion. You know, it's, you can't be the guy who walks in and in 30 seconds go, okay, you know, here's what's going on. And they give you an answer. And then because of one thing that they say, now you run off and you say, well, here's the solution to your problem. I was going to call before, just before you and I got on, I was explaining something to somebody and they said, well, it's a great idea. However, here's a problem that you have with the idea that you had. You got to do this, this, and this. Didn't ask me any questions. And mm-hmm. so what was interesting, it was, it, was, it was a friendly collegial type of conversation. I finished the conversation feeling kind of incomplete. Yeah. She didn't ask any questions about the stuff that she wanted to share. And what happened was... We were both in agreement, but she came across kind of pushing back on me. And I feel like she didn't understand where I was coming from. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just a learning lesson that as we're interacting with people from a professional services standpoint, if somebody gives you a piece of information, you got to peel that onion deeper right? right. and then deeper and then deeper. And once you, once you've bled the vow, it's kind of like I want when I do um platform work like you've done. It's been an honor to be able to share the platform with you. Mm-hmm. Likewise. Uh, as well as your, your humor, your wacky. Uh, <laughs> I'm <laughs> silly, boy. I'm silly. <laughs> but, but, but if, I, if you could see this, if I had a glass in my hand and in professional service, I've got a glass in my hand and I want to have input into you and, and the glass of water is completely filled up. There's no room for me to pour my water into your water glass. It's full. There's, yeah. But what I've got to do is I got to drain water out of your water glass to create room for mine to come in. That's the epitome 
of professional services sales. I got to drain this water glass. I got to pull enough information from you so that when I come in and say, well, here's my recommendation of how we should move forward, you're going to be open to hearing it because you're going to feel understood and, yeah. uh, and valued. And that's, that's the heart of, I think, what, what you and I are talking about, which is why I talk about selling with your ears instead of your mouth. I mean, if people think of salespeople, and the cool thing is going to be some people listen to this, they may think, well, I'm not a salesperson. I'm responsible for business development. I'm working for a law firm or an accounting firm or, or a recruiting firm, but I'm just, I'm not a good salesperson. Well, the, the cool thing about this is they have a false perception a lot of times of what sales is. Sales is calling you up and persuading you to buy something. And that is not in professional services what marketing and sales is. It is literally an investigative diagnostic approach that when you do that, man, you can develop relationships and be seen as a trusted advisor as opposed to the commodity on the shelf who's going to sit down and try to convince you that your tax. I love this example is that I've, I've been blessed. You know, I, I've never, I haven't had an audit. And if anybody on the IRS is on the line, it's just don't, don't tag me. <laughs> right. Don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. I get my, my, I get my, my bill every year for my CPA to do my taxes. And I always look at the bill and I go, and I go well, Sam's pretty good. And he's good. But it's like, I wonder if this, this you know, and I, I, cause I commoditize that. Right. If, I get, if I get a letter from the IRS that I'm being audited, I'm calling Sam. Right. Say, Sam, here's the letter. And whatever he charges me, I'm going to pay because he's going to shift into this place of protector and advisor in my mind. And that's that's the truest thing that, you know, when a legal document is being drawn up, it's not the document. It's that person who says, I'm doing this for you, to care for you, to take care of you, to make sure you're moving down the right, right, right line, to be able to solve your situation circumstance. I think you've got some great ideas, Mike. I'd love for people to hear more about them and find out how they can reach you. But first, as we close our time, what would be three action steps people can take to kind of integrate some of these ideas that you're sharing with us? Hmm. The first one is um, when, when you prepare for a sales call is don't get caught up in the trap of preparing what you're going to say. Prepare the questions that you want to ask, because whatever questions are asked of you, you will be able to think on the spot. But it's it's the questions that you ask going into a, a meeting, an interaction with somebody is what will really help you get, get, get skim in the game. Hmm. The second is, if you look at the, the key part of an investigative type of phone call or whatever, it's, I call it the summary. Hmm. It's after I've heard whatever I've heard you say, before I go into my diatribe, before I go into my exposition, I'm going to summarize. This is what I've heard you say. This is what I've heard the, the problem, the situation, the circumstance, the pain, whatever. This is what, what I've heard. And is there anything I'm missing? And because by doing that, it's a way of going in and making the person feel heard and feel that you, you have their best interest. And, and there's clarity. They go, he gets it. Right. I think that's what we're after. And then the third is that uh, you know, if, you, if you're looking to input, you know, my, uh, you can find me either at lightingthepath.net. Okay, great. Yeah, I was just going to ask for your links, lightingthepath.net. We'll put your links on the show notes, Mike. Yeah, put it on there. And then my, my, my name is my email address. It's mike at mikelejeune.com. So, mm -hmm. but you reach out to me. I interview C-suite uh, leaders and people playing that, that, that space. And uh, there's podcasts on there you can listen to. I write blogs that are on this subject because I'm passionate about right. the, the heart aspect of business transactions. And I think in professional services, that's that's how you separate yourself from the uh, the commoditizers, the online, uh, 
you know, the, the pitch people out there. Well, this is great, Mike. Thank you for being here. And, and what are some other services that you offer and people that would be ideal prospects for you that you think they'd want to know about you? Scott, I, I do business development and recruiting training. I do coaching in that space. I do executive coaching along those lines. But I also have grown to a point where I do a lot of work in the leadership development space, hmm. uh, where I work with companies and with their leadership team and helping them wrestle with things of helping managers and leaders understand how am I wired as a leader as I interact with, with others? Because the more you understand how you're wired, it gives you the ability to be able to adapt so the way others are wired, we're going to be wired differently. You and work with effective delegation and conflict management and uh, looking at, at, at having the, the leadership team operating more cohesively or having the leader operate more cohesively with the team for one purpose. And it's to raise the productivity of the people that are part of the team through one word again, it's right. called engagement. It's how do you have an environment where people feel engaged by the role that they have and the, what they play, not just at work. But the cool thing about it is everything we work with, and matter of fact, a lot of stuff you and I talked about today, if you think about it, and you think about your spouse at home or your kid, the same thing works with them. Right. It becomes a lifestyle more than anything else. And this is interesting, Mike. And one, one kind of final thought here is that those listening, you're in the business of developing business from guarded, untrusting professionals. And think of it as a core competency. Building these relationships is a core competency. The more you study something, the more you truly master it by reading, by listening to experts like Mike, the more you grow in your competence level, which means you'll have more success. So Mike, I'm grateful that you've shared your wisdom with us today. I'm definitely going to dig into your site, look at some of your content soon, and kind of cue that up in my reading. Thanks so much for being here today. Again, everybody that's listening, we've got Mike's links on our show notes. You can go to where you've heard this podcast and you'll be able to download or or get access to his content that way. And we'll definitely have you on this show here in the next couple of months. Again, Mike, thank you so much. I love it. I love it. And uh, for those people who are trying to to listen to it, uh, I appreciate you working with me in February 9th uh, at our virtual conference that we're having specifically on business development and recruiting practices. So I think you're going to have that in the show notes also. That's great. And uh, yeah, we'll put that link on there. Uh, and tell us about that program again, Mike. Yeah, it's what I did is I picked five, uh, what I call heart-led people who are great technicians. And Scott was actually one of the first people I thought of. Thank you. Uh, there, there's myself, <laughs> Bob Bruno, there's Rob Mosley, there's uh, Cindy Jennings are coming together to, uh, to put on a virtual conference for two purposes, uh, I guess three. One is to uh, get people to content to be able to deal in today's time of the marketplace, high content driven. Second of all, it is designed to be a, uh, a shot in the arm, which we need right now. We got to be selling. Up. I had three phone calls yesterday that kept trying to rattle me and throw me off path, but I had other things going in that were filling me back up. And I think that the, 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 drain, the, the energy drain that's taking place, got to find some things in that space. Uh, Absolutely. And, um, so that's what it's designed for. We, we've got it mid midday central so that you can work in the morning, work in the afternoon. Uh, and it's uh, February 19th and 11th. And uh, the cool thing, Scott, is if any of your listeners, if they go there, there's a coupon code. If they type in the word Scott, S-C-O-T-T, they'll get a discount that drops it down to hardly anything. And then for those who can't attend, if you wanted the recordings, same thing. You'll get a recording of all of it. You can listen to it whenever you want to. But if you put in Scott in the coupon code, it drops it down to like a hundred bucks. So it's, uh, oh, that's great. Well, that's very generous. Thank you for offering that to our listeners today, Mike. Again, thanks for being here. And we'll have you back on the show here in the next couple of months, Mike. Thank you. Thanks so much. 
Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com. Thank you.